Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Girlfriends, episode number 270. Five personal finance rules for everyone. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we're talking about personal finances. If you're like me, a person who likes to avoid conversations like this, this show is for you. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? I am so glad you are here and joining me for this newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. If this is your first time listening, I want to give you a special welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you're checking it out. I hope you're going to like what we share here at Girlfriends and want to become a regular part of our community here. We really are a community of girlfriends, women looking to support and encourage each other inside of family living especially. So I'm glad you're here and I hope you're going to enjoy your time. If you are sometimes or always listener, I want to thank you too. I'm so encouraged by your presence here. It's a privilege and it's an honor to get to share some time with you here each week. Well, before we dive into this week's topic, which is personal finances, something I am not an expert in, but that's kind of the take that I'm going to be sharing with you here today. Before we dive into that, though, I just want to give you your reminder to please go over to ascensionpress.com and pre-order your copy of my newest book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. So this is a practical book. It's a personal book. I wrote it for everyone who struggles to feel God's presence, struggles to find God. And it's really a reminder to you and to me that God is ever-present. He's always with us. And that sometimes what we really need is to stop ourselves, interrupt ourselves, slow down enough to recognize where God is there, present inside of our everyday lives, wanting to connect with us, wanting to encourage us, wanting to support us. So this book is very personal. I share some of my own personal stories, but then it's practical too. I hope it's going to encourage you and support you inside of your very real spiritual life and the connection, the personal relationship that God wants to have with you, that he's longing to have with you, that he is waiting. He's there, right there beside you, waiting for that connection with you. So the book is available for pre-order right now. Pre-orders are so vitally important to authors. So I just want to beg you personally from me, please pre-order your book. It does so much to let publishers know, to let Amazon know that you're excited about a book, that you're excited about an author. It really is a very encouraging and supportive thing you can do for any writer. If you appreciate and want to support any writer, pre-ordering their book is one fantastic way for you to do that. So pre-order your book right now. And bonus is you get a free gift. You get 
the downloadable companion journal. So this journal goes chapter by chapter through the content of the book and has discussion questions, journaling questions for each of the different themes that I take on in the book. So you can use it personally. You can use the prayer journal on your own and just kind of journal as you read through the book and reflect and spend some time in prayer. Or you can use it with a group. If you want to do a group study, working together through the pages of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, this journal is going to be a really invaluable resource for you. So the only way to get it is to pre-order. And that's only going to be available for a limited time because the books will start shipping right at the start of June. Pre-orders will be done and that will be the end of this exclusive offer. So you want to be sure to get your pre-order in now for Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. Go over to ascensionpress.com. That link is always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Okay, so this week's topic is one that I hear from people all the time that will say, hey, you should do a a financial how-to show. Hey, I could really use some help with everyday finances. Maybe you should take on that topic. And I always say, that's not me. (laughs) I'm not a financial expert. In fact, I'm a financial mess some of the time and been all over the map with regard to finances inside of our our family life, the ups and downs of that. I, I share some of that very real learning to trust in God through family finances in uh, my book that came out last year, uh, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood that came out with Ave Maria Press last year. And um, one of the stories I shared in there was of like a time in our lives where we really were struggling financially and trying to figure that out and and learning how to trust God inside of some of those sometimes very difficult moments, sometimes very stress-inducing moments. And for sure, Dan and I are not financial geniuses. Um, I've heard it said that in every couple, there's a frugal one and there's a spendy one. And if that's true, for sure, I'm the frugal one. And Dan is the spendy one. A a funny fact that uh, going back in Dan's family history, his dad likes to kind of research their ancestry. And he found this book about when the McBeans, now get that, our name is not originally Bean. It was MacBean, M-A-C-B-E-A-N, from Scotland. It's a Scottish name. And um, going back, the McBeans, when they first came over, one of the very first McBeans, one of Dan's great ancestors that came over from Scotland here to New England, He got imprisoned. Well, was it imprisoned? I can't remember now if he was imprisoned. I don't think he was imprisoned. I think he got his financial responsibilities kind of taken away from him, his privileges with his own wallet, because it was decided by the townspeople that this man was a spendthrift. That's how it was (laughs) recorded in the town's history, that McBean was a spendthrift. And so they had to take control of his personal finances for him. And I just find that so hilarious in so many ways. Like, there used to be a time here in this country when that would happen. Like, they would determine that somebody was a spendthrift and that he couldn't be responsible for his own money anymore. Anyway, I I love reminding Dan of that because, for sure, he spends money more freely and worries less about it than I do. And I'm always like, you've got that in you. It's in your blood to be a spendthrift. (laughs) And uh, for sure, I'm, I'm definitely more frugally minded and more frugally inclined and more worried about the price tag of things. Um, But, you know, that balance might look very different in your marriage. 
But something I've come to know is that even when you're not a financial expert, there are some rules, there are some things that can be helpful with regard to how you approach finances. So I'm not going to be sharing with you anything about, you know, how you should be investing wisely or um, any tips about your 401k or and that this show is not that. But I'm going to be sharing some personal finance rules that I think should apply to everyone, things that everyone should consider with regard to their personal finances. Okay, so let's just dive in here and um, I'll share some of these. And you can, as we're going through, just reflect on how these play out in your life, especially inside of your marriage. Money is such a tricky topic inside of marriage. So first one, know the facts, get the knowledge. Do you have your head in the sand with regard to your personal finances because you are afraid to look at it? I mean, this is similar to, you know, if you find yourself putting on weight and you don't want to be. What you need to do is look at how am I living? How am I eating? How am I exercising? How, you know, what's my lifestyle like? And some of us don't want to do that. There's a reckoning there. And some of us think, you know, ignorance is bliss when it comes to our personal finances. But um, you may not be a spreadsheet person. You may not be the person that's going to line by line go through your budget every month. But you do need to know some of the basics. Like, do you have debt? How much debt do you have? How much do you owe on credit cards? How much is your mortgage? How many years do you have left to pay on your mortgage? What is your financial state? And maybe it is a mess, but especially if it is a mess, you need to lay bare those facts about what is going on because avoiding it, it's only going to get worse. And I understand the temptation to avoid it. When when things are stressful, we we tend to want to do that. We want to put our heads in the sand. We want to pretend it's not there and, you know, just go on living and swiping the credit card and not thinking about it. Like, I'm still able to make the minimum payment every month, so I don't need to worry about this. But no, you need to get the facts. Get them down on paper. Find out what, you know, what do you have in savings? What do you have coming in every month? What are your basic expenses? What are you carrying in debt? Those basic things. Don't hide from it. There's great freedom in the truth, in laying bare the facts and finding out the truth. And this is true, financially speaking. And if you are a personality like me who tends to get anxious about things regarding finances, kind of get that that stomachache feeling about um, maybe, maybe some debt that you don't want to have that you have and you don't want to face it full on. There's so much freedom in finding out where you're at. And yep, if it's a giant mess where you're at, well, that's how you can begin to make a plan to address it. And always running away from it. I mean, first of all, that's just, that's not responsible. And we're called to be good stewards of the things that God gives us in this world, including our money, including our homes and our personal finances and our cars and our work and our jobs and all of these things. And you're, you're not a good steward of it if you're, if you're not knowing exactly what the facts are with regard to it. So if you're running away from it in any way, or if there's any one part of your finances that you're not looking at, maybe it's retirement, and you don't want to think about that, and that's that's too stressful, or what, what are you avoiding out of stress, or out of fear, or out of insecurity? Face it. Put it down on paper. Look at it, and know what you're dealing with. And that, that honestly takes so much of the power of it away. You're going to be less afraid of something that you can see and know on paper. Yep, maybe it's going to be a huge number that you don't want to see. That's the amount of debt you have right now or something like that. Just knowing it, though, there, there's power in knowing it. And you can begin to put a plan to, together to face it. It's going to become more manageable when you know it and you're not running away from it. So know the facts. Know the stuff. Maybe your husband is the one who handles finances for the most part. Well, find out some of these basic things from him and not in a way that's demanding or that, you know, you're going to stress him out or worry him in any way. But this is, you know, responsibility. 
you know, God forbid anything would happen to your husband and you don't know thing number one about how to handle these kinds of financial issues or what you have in the bank or how to access your life insurance or, you know, these are basic things. These are what grownups need to do. And I'm sorry, but I'm I'm here to tell you, you're a grown up and you need to be responsible for these things. So get those facts. Stop running away from it out of fear, out of insecurity, out of anxiety and face it. Face the facts, what's really going on inside of your financial life right now, and um, begin to make a plan to address parts of it that might need to be addressed. All right. The second rule is know when you need help and be willing to ask for it. You know, I think this is so freeing if you can recognize, say you did what I did, what, what I just described, you know, putting down on paper, looking at your budget, looking at your financial situation, and you don't like the picture. You don't like it. That's why you were running away from it. You knew you wouldn't like it. And you don't know how to begin to get it under control. Well, ask for help. That means you need help. And sometimes we're going around ashamed of what we don't know. Is this you? Do you feel like everybody knows this stuff and you don't and you should know it? Like, magically, you should have known how to balance your budget. But if no one ever taught you that, why would you know it? I don't know what your your upbringing was like or your background, your education. There's no shame in not knowing it. But don't run away from it anymore and don't run away from the fact that you don't know it. Be willing to look for the help, reach out for the help that you need. That help might need to come in the form of a financial advisor of some kind, somebody who can help you. If you're worried about paying for that, there are ways, I'm sure, through through your parish or through friends that you can just get access to somebody who has a little bit more experience than you do in these things. Maybe there's a trusted friend that you you know is good with money or um, there's a couple that you trust, then maybe start there. Start with a conversation with them. Ask them if they might share some basics with you about how they manage their money. Or if you're if you're willing to open up to them, share with them what your budget is and, and see what recommendations they might make for you. That you'd be willing to admit what you don't know and don't hide out of shame. There's no shame in not knowing the thing. Just be open and honest about where you are and be willing to reach out and ask for the help that you need. One great organization uh, for family finances especially is Compass Catholic Ministries. You can find them at compasscatholic.org. So if you don't know where else to begin, go there and you can anonymously get the information that you need. They have podcasts and other resources, but it's a a Catholic approach, a Catholic perspective on money management, especially for families, especially with Catholic families in mind. So um, again, that URL is compasscatholic.org. I have no official affiliation there. They just had me on a podcast once, and I really love the work that they're doing over there. So I'll have that linked up in the show notes as well. So if you don't know where else to begin, that's a great place to begin to get some help. Many people are proponents of Dave Ramsey, for sure. He's a very popular financial guru and uh, very practical in the kinds of support that he will give people as they're looking to get out of debt and manage their finances. So that's another great source of support. He's Christian, not Catholic, but um, a, a lot of what he shares is, is very helpful to families that are looking to get their finances under control as well. All right. The third rule I want to suggest is talk with your husband. Now, this kind of goes along with the first one, which is getting the facts, right? But some of us avoid these conversations with our spouse because it's stressful, because it can be a source of conflict. And, you know, maybe you're the spendthrift and he's the frugal one and you feel shamed when you talk to him about money. Or maybe the opposite is true and it's a source of conflict in other ways. Money is one of those things and it can be really a source of stress and it can be really a source of division, but only if you will allow it. 
to be that in your marriage. One way to not allow it is to be honest in your conversations with your husband. Talk with him about what your goals are. Once you've put everything down on paper and you know where you're at, ask him what he thinks about it, what he thinks your goals should be. And then you can begin to make a plan for how to manage it better if you feel like you need improvement in a particular area. You know, years ago, I think I shared this on a previous episode of Girlfriends, um, but years ago, we were going through a time that was very financially tight for us and difficult and stressful in so many ways for a number of different reasons. And one thing that really helped me, and this is so basic, but I'm going to share it with you in case it's helpful to you and whatever you're going through right now. One of the things that really helped me at the time was having the clarity of thinking, well, let's just lay this all down on paper and we, what we can do to address this, what can we do? And really it was basic, like either we need to spend less or we need to make more. Like it's that simple. If you are struggling, if you feel like you're not making it financially right now when you put everything down on paper and it doesn't add up, that's that's all you need to do. And you may need to do a little bit of both of those things. Find a way to earn some more money or and find a way to spend less money. Um, it might be that you focus on just one of those things. If you, there's no way that you can spend less right now, some bills are inevitable, some bills are unavoidable then maybe it's looking into a way to take on some more work or one of you takes on a part-time job or one of you works who hasn't been working or, you know, I, those details are for you to figure out. But I found it very, I don't know, strangely alleviating to realize just how simple it was. Like, okay, here's the problem. Now we need to either earn more or spend less. And that that is the way to resolve this stress that we're feeling, this pain point right here. So, you know, have that conversation with your husband. If you are struggling financially, if you feel like you're not where you want to be, talk about what ways could you spend less? In what ways could you earn more? Which of those should you be focused on? What are your goals? And, you know, make that plan together. It's so important that you be on board with this together. You can come up with the perfect family budget and stick to it perfectly. And your husband, if he's not on board with it, We'll throw it all out the window. And that's his right because you haven't gotten together to make that plan together. You can't be doing this all on your own. So definitely have this conversation with your husband in a way that is, you know, not going to be attacking him, not nagging him, not, you know, getting on him for not making enough money or stressing him out in those ways, but just an open and honest conversation about where you are and what you think your goal should be and inviting him into that. What do you think our goal should be? How do you think we should best get to those goals, reach those goals financially? And you know, having that open, honest conversation and inviting him into it in a way that's not judging, not nagging, not stress-inducing, it really will be very much a marriage-building kind of conversation to have because you're going to be on the same page from there. And having that conversation regularly. Checking back in. Some couples are very organized about this and they meet once a week to discuss things like budget and whatnot. That's not Dan and me for sure. But I do make sure that we are checking in with each other on a regular basis. And we do have some basic rules about not spending large amounts of money without checking with the other person and, and that sort of thing. And some of those rules might make sense in your marriage as well. But, you know, establish those rules together by having an open conversation about your finances and inviting your husband into it. It's such an emotionally laden topic for so many of us. We have so many layers of emotions built up on top of how we experience our our money and how we experience our financial wellness. And so recognize that and be careful about how you talk about it, how you introduce the topic, but then make it 
a less powerful topic between the two of you by, uh, you know, talking about it, being honest with each other and being honest about how you're feeling about it and what your goals are and then inviting him into that conversation as well. All right, number four is connected. And this is acknowledge the ways in which you might be wounded in your relationship with money. Now, we all come from different backgrounds and how you were raised and what your parents' attitude was toward money and your family's financial situation growing up all is really formative stuff when it comes to how we approach finances as grown-ups. And we don't, I think, often enough pause to think about this. Like, how were you raised? Were you raised in a very comfortable life where you maybe even the underlying notion was you had earned that status and looked down upon people who might be struggling financially? If so, how does that play into how you experience financial struggles now, how you feel about it, and um, how you communicate about it? Or were you raised in a family that was always struggling financially and you have insecurity surrounding finances? And in maybe a way that puts extra anxiety and stress on yourself or on your family. In what ways does your upbringing influence how you feel about money? How did your parents talk about money? What was kind of the underlying, maybe never spoken out loud lessons about money that you were raised with? We all have them. Were you raised with this kind of understood notion that people who had money were greedy Or were you raised with this notion that people who didn't have money were lazy? Or, you know, what are these unspoken lessons that you might have been brought up in? How is your relationship with money wounded and broken? And, you know, I think knowing that can really help to put things into perspective sometimes, especially if you are struggling financially or if you are struggling in your relationship with your husband in the way that you talk about money. You know, sometimes we have habits of spending that are a result of childhood trauma, childhood insecurity. There are ways that we have unhealthy relationships with money because of insecurity, because of the way that we were raised. And I think it's important to think about that, even in small ways. In what small ways might you have been influenced by your parents' attitudes toward work, toward money, toward finances? So, you know, having that conversation with yourself and and recognizing where you're at and how you got there can give you good perspective. But then also your husband, he has his own background, his own upbringing, his own thoughts regarding money. And how is that influencing how he's approaching money and perhaps even his work at, at this point in your family lives? Think about that. Acknowledge some of the ways that you are wounded. And then number five naturally flows from recognizing where you're wounded is to bring it to God. Give it to God wherever you're at. Give it to God. God wants to provide for you perfectly. God wants to meet your every need. He tells us he knows what we need before we even ask for it. But he tells us to ask anyway. He wants us to be turning to him. He knows what we need. And he knows we need all of these things. You know, all these things that we're worried about. What will we eat? What will we wear? Right? That's what he mentions in the gospel. He knows that we're anxious about all of these things. And he tells us, don't be anxious about that. Turn to your heavenly father in everything that you need. Seek first God's righteousness, the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all of these other things will be given to you besides. He's asking us to put everything in proper perspective. He's not saying he doesn't know about the bills. He knows all about the bills. He knows all about the ways that you are anxious and worried about money. 
He knows all the ways that you feel like you're falling short and all of the emotions you have attached to your financial situation and whatever struggles you might be going through right now, whatever anxieties you might have. You might be facing financial anxieties right now that never were part of your experience before as a result of COVID. It threw so many people's financial worlds upside down. And I know people who whose homes were foreclosed on. They never anticipated being that person. And yet here they are. This is what they're dealing with. And it might be you too. You might be facing a financial situation you never thought you would have to. And God is calling you to grow closer to him inside of that struggle. He's recognizing that it is real. You have that need and he knows all about that need, but he's asking you to seek him first. Give it to him. You know, recognize that everything that we have comes from God. If you're struggling and you find yourself resentful of God for not providing for you, I want to encourage you, invite you to think about what is forming that, that attitude that you have toward God right now? In what ways is he inside of that struggle asking you, inviting you to grow closer to him, to learn to trust him first? Or maybe you're very financially comfortable and it's not something you really are very concerned about. Are you relying very much on yourself when it comes to your finances? God is calling on you too to trust in him first, to recognize that every good thing you have, every blessing you enjoy everything from your work to your bank account, to your husband's work, to all the different opportunities you have, the different financial blessings you enjoy, they all come from him and from him alone. Sometimes when things are going well, we're, we're tempted to just rely on ourselves or to think that we've got it all together and we've kind of earned this status and rely on our own hard work or our own bank account or our own job. What are you relying on? And in what ways might be God be calling you to let go of that, to recognize that you need to be trusting in him and him alone. All of those other things have come from him. They are gifts from God and God alone, and they could be gone tomorrow. But he's calling on us to trust in him inside of whatever our circumstances are. All right, so those are my five rules for personal finances that apply to anybody, all of us non-experts. That is me, <laughs> the non-financial expert. But I think these are, these are some principles that really do apply and can apply to everyone. So first, get the facts, know what you're dealing with. Then with whatever you don't know, be ready to look for, seek out the help that you need and ask for it. Make sure you're talking to your husband about finances in an open and honest way. Number four, acknowledge the ways that you're wounded in your relationship with money. And then number five, give it all to God. Ultimately, that's what he's calling on every one of us to do inside of our relationship with our finances is to learn to trust in him, know that every good thing comes from him. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, you may be a financial expert, and actually, next week on the show, I'm going to have some financial experts, family financial experts. Samantha and Rob Fatzinger are parents of 14 kids. They've written a book about family finances. It is called A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, Advice from a Debt-Free Family of 16. Really a fantastic book that is newly available from Ave Maria Press. They're going to be my guests next week on the show. So you will get your tips from the experts, people who've been there and done that. They don't do this for a living. They don't do financial advisement for a living. But they do share in their book and in real life and in next week's podcast in very real ways about, you know, living a joyful, fruitful, 
blessed family life on a budget, you can so do it. So um, I'm looking forward to sharing that conversation with you next week. But in the meantime, if you are a financial expert, or if you have some financial insight that you would like to share with me with regard to today's theme on the show, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I especially love connecting with you on Instagram. If you're there, send me a note there. Follow me, Danielle Bean on Instagram. I would love to be able to connect with you. I always love hearing from girlfriends on Instagram. All right, coming up, I've got some listener feedback to share with you a listener question. But first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. All right, we're at the point in the show where I usually like to share some listener feedback or a listener question. If you have a question or a topic you'd like me to take up in this brief segment at the end of the show, you can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. So this week I heard from a woman I'm going to call Jessica. I've changed her name because she um, has asked for anonymity if I shared her question here. So Jessica wrote, Dear Danielle, my son David, also not his real name, has grown to be a good man, a hard worker, goal-oriented and focused, a wonderful son. I'm so proud of him. David is engaged to his high school sweetheart, and they've been together for 11 years and have lived together for the last couple of years, and they're finally getting married this summer. She's a doctor, an OBGYN resident. She's not Catholic, and I'm not sure if she really believes. She's an outspoken advocate for abortion rights and looks at abortion as health care. She has never spoken to me directly about this, as she knows my feelings about abortion, but I have seen her posts on Instagram and all the likes from her peers. I fear she is actually performing abortions and considers it an act of helping people. I am physically ill when I think about it, and I just don't know how to wrap my head around trying to love this girl as part of our family, the love of my son's life. I never want to do anything to endanger my relationship with my son or ever make him choose because I know I would lose. I know she is a child of God, whether she believes in him or not. And I also know it is not my job to judge her, but I am just being tortured inside as I struggle with how to deal with this situation. I never want to be unkind to her or make her feel like she is not welcome in our house. How do I put my true feelings aside and actually do that? As one Catholic mom to another, any thoughts you have would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, Jessica. Okay, so first of all, wow, Jessica, that is a lot. That is such a hard thing. And I'm I'm grateful that you're reaching out with your question. And um, I'll do my best to just share my perspective here. We've had several messages recently from listeners here at Girlfriends, moms who are struggling with their young adult children who are out in the world and doing things they would never in a million years want them to do, things that they weren't raised to do, whether it's living with a girlfriend or in any way living outside of the faith in which they were raised. It's such a heartbreaking thing. And Jessica, my heart goes out to you. That is a very hard thing that you're being asked to deal with. And you're not alone in it. Like I've just shared, we've had several messages the past few episodes. I've taken up questions right here in this very segment from listeners who are struggling with similar situations. Um, But first, I would just say, talk with your son. Tell him how you're feeling. I mean, the way you expressed what you're feeling is so loving. And so welcoming. 
and wanting so very much to approach this in the right way and preserve your relationship with him. So I know that if you if you go to him, you won't be, you know, judging him or making him feel unwelcome or making him feel like you're you're judging this this woman who's the love of his life, as you describe. I, I would talk with him openly about it and and share with him you know some of these these conflicted feelings that you're having and and let him know that this is a heartbreaking thing for you and a struggle for you and that you want so much to love him and to love this this girl well and welcome them in your home and that you don't ever want to make it something that's coming between you. But I think being honest with your son could be a really helpful thing and he can maybe help you to see why he loves this woman so much and and you know begin to see her as you say as the the child of God that you know that she is. Um, he can help you to see that. But it can it can help you to begin to work on your relationship with your son and how you can be open to receiving them and loving them and, you know, not not condemning them, but also being a, a source of the truth for them, which in the end is a life-giving gift, being the source of the truth that you can be, whether it's just through your own silent example in their lives. And then finally, Jessica, I just want to encourage you to, as much as you possibly can, give this over to God. Let it go. You need to let go. I, I can hear your struggle that, you know, you, of course, we're moms. We want to control all of the things, especially in our kids' lives. And this is such a difficult thing to do, such a hard thing that you're being asked to do. So bring it to God in prayer. Bring this struggle to God. Let him know exactly where you are in your own words, in your own terms. Let him know how you're struggling and and beg him for the grace that you need to be a good mother to your son and a good mother-in-law to this young woman in your life in whatever way that looks like. Ask him to help you know what his will is for, for you inside of this relationship with them. You know, I'm reminded of during Holy Week this year, we watched The Passion, which we, we used to watch it every year and we went a few years without watching it. And then I realized my younger kids had not seen it because they were too young the last time we had watched it. So this past Good Friday, Gabby, uh, my daughter who's 17, asked if we could watch it. And sure, we put it on. And I was just so moved by the scene at the Last Supper where there is Jesus and he's sitting at table and Judas is right there with him. And Jesus loves Judas, even though he knows what he's about to do, even though he knows he's about to betray him. There's just such love and such tenderness in that moment. And, you know, let, let's just consider that for a moment, that Jesus knew full well what Judas was about to do. And he looks him in the eyes and he loves him, even in that scene where Judas kisses him and betrays him in the garden. Jesus looks him in the eyes with such tenderness, such love. He loves him even then, even as he knows this great wrong thing that he is doing, this betrayal. And, you know, we're called to be like that. We're called to speak the truth about sin and yet to love, love every person that God places in our lives, even if we know full well things that people are doing that are wrong. It's such a hard thing to do, and yet Jesus can give us the strength to do it. He alone can give us the grace to do it, to love each other well in that way. We are all sinners, and we all need that love from one another. And of course, we all need that love from our Lord. But what a beautiful example he gives us of that. And um, Jessica, if you turn to God in prayer, just ask him to give you that grace to be able to love the people in your life and always speak the truth, but in a way that is loving and welcoming. And open to questions because 
you know what? Your son's story is not done. And the this young woman that's in your life, you know, you say your son is a young man that you are proud of and a good person, then, you know, she sees that goodness too. And so this story is not done. And so I just want to encourage you to bring this this pain, this struggle, this conflict, this inner turmoil that you're describing, just bring it to God and know that he can handle it and he can give you the grace to also handle it well. If you have a similar situation or if you have experience or a thought you would like to share with Jessica or other moms who might be struggling in similar situations, please send me your thoughts and your feedback. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. But in the meantime, Jessica, know that I am going to be praying for you. And I want to invite everyone listening to pray for Jessica and pray for all moms, all moms and dads who are struggling, especially with young adult children who are going astray in various ways or endangered in various ways and just you know, struggling through that very real heartbreak. I would love for you to join me in praying for Jessica and all those who are struggling in similar ways. And also know that I'm praying for you. If you are listening to this podcast, you have been prayed for. Every week, I pray for everyone who listens here. I pray for your happiness. I pray for your holiness. I pray for your fulfillment inside of your faith and your family life. And I want to invite you to join me in praying for our community here. Girlfriends truly is a prayer-focused Jesus-focused community of women. I'm so grateful for your presence here. The fact that you show up and you participate here, you listen to what we're sharing here week after week is so meaningful to me. It's so encouraging to me. I want to thank you for that. It truly is a privilege to get to spend a little bit of time with you right here on Girlfriends every week. All right, that's all the time we have for this week. Very quick, I want to remind you to pre-order your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday over at ascensionpress.com. And thank you so much for all the ways you encourage and support everything that we're doing here on the Girlfriends Podcast. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 